Let's try that again. All right. So you don't want me to make a weird sound. No, I really don't. To signify don't. how awesome the sound is. What do you know? I pull through again. I think it's just your computer. I guess. Your MacBook Air came off the shelf like a week before mine. Maybe, but I probably shouldn't tell Apple because they'll never take it back. No, yeah. <laughs> well, because then what they'll do is they'll give you this little... Oh, dent. yeah. Turn as a terrible nick in this computer. <sighs> yeah. All right. Well, lots to talk about today on weekly download number 36. Uh, I want to start off by talking about how the fact Nokia basically blew it last quarter. <laughs> Sorry. You sell $9.7 billion and still make a $1.7 billion loss. Yeah. What happened? Um, basically, they were trying to restructure. Obviously, you know, growing hurts. And when you try to focus all of your efforts on a completely different frontier, a.k.a. not Symbian. It's going to be tough. I mean, there's going to be a transitional state. I mean, you've dumped a lot of your resources into Symbian, stupidly, but you've right. dumped a lot in there. And then the other factor would be the fact that Europe doesn't really like the windows phone either did you read about this yeah i did yeah so apparently europe is basically like yeah it's good but it's not as good as the ios and android phones here's the quote no one comes into the store and asks for a windows phone an anonymous european mobile executive told (laughs) Reuters, reuters aka someone who works for google nokia has given have given themselves a double challenge double challenge challenge this is, accepted this, this is Nokia. just like I, I once watched outfoxed about how on fox news if you hear sources or some sources say that's code for that is the analyst's opinion nokia have given themselves nokia has given nokia have given what is it what would you say i would have said nokia has i think, I always think, I think as a Nokia's singular company the, exactly i see this with apple a lot in forums they, they say apple have and i'm that always like it's awful. one company like yeah, because it's one entity. Like right. it, Nokia is being represented by by Nokia. It's registered well, even, corporation. And even if you say a group of people have, see that's different. Because well, people is weird. Be, oh, of people is in the preposition. So <laughs> so then you can't count that. I just I think of Nokia as its own entity. Like anyway, this isn't weekly grammar. It's <laughs> weekly download. <laughs> coming soon. Coming soon. <laughs> you gave me an idea. Nokia have given themselves a double challenge to restore their credibility in terms of making hardware smartphones and succeed with the Microsoft Windows operating system, which lags in the market. Which, yeah. But, it, yeah, you know, I mean, I think they're right. Obviously, it lags because it just came out. Right. So what could they do? I mean, of course, it's lagging. So then the other part of making hardware smartphones, I mean, how else do you make a smartphone other than with hardware? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hardware smartphones. It's just yeah, like, that's, that's like, that's a double positive. You're talking about double challenges? Anyway, the whole quote is stupid. Sean Ludwig. Actually, it's uh, not Sean Ludwig, he reported, but... We need to call up Reuters and be like... Reuters. I think t- it's Reuters. Reuters. Yeah. Be like, quality journalism here. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I'm subscribed to Reuters technology, but I end up just skimming those articles because they're basically like a lot of other people's words that right. you could go to the sources for. So they're right. typically not the first, but they try to condense things. But when they condense things and do stupid crap like that, it just gives so much uncredibility to Nokia. But in their defense, Nokia did blow it last quarter. So. Right. Well, their CFO, hot off the press, did you see where their CFO is stepping down? <sighs> yeah. I mean, a, it's just... A friend of mine who's like this Nokia Windows Phone fanboy. Are you looking at the fact they don't have shoes on? I did notice... <laughs> 
You slip him off? Yeah. This is uh, anyway. <laughs> a little weird. Yeah. So a friend of mine was this Nokia Windows phone, like, weirdo, basically. He was just in love with it. it. was like, well, it's a transitional state. This is really good for the company. Top management shakeups are never good for the company. No, typically not. But hey, Steven's still there. Steven Elop. Yeah. He's still yeah. around. And he's still holding steady. I think his quotes and his... The way he's been talking about it has been fairly strong. Obviously, it is going to be growing pain. So we'll have to see how Q2 does, I mean, to, to, particularly with the Lumia 900. If what is going on is true, that they're sold out, that they're trying to meet I did enjoy your exceeding could demand. Be possible. Well, no. So I was thinking about this, like looking at it, I'm thinking, is it possible? Could Nokia be so dubious to make the Lumia 900 go off the website for a little while and say that they're sold out? Just to generate buzz for the product? It's possible. I mean, they could be good for Nokia, too, since our AT&T or whoever is floating the bill for the $100 credit. Like, then they can be like, we're sold out. Well, I think it's Nokia footing the bill because right. Nokia messed up. Yeah. But, and that's going to I mean, it could be losses. Nokia saying, hey, you just call this being sold out. Like, do we really want to spend $100 every time someone buys it, like an extra $100? Well, and then, of course, obviously, the, the, the more uh, sort of, proper answer or politically correct answer would be yes people are swapping out phones so we're running out of phones right but then the thing about it is when they're getting the phones back they're just quickly putting a hardware flash on it and doing some stuff and sending them back out so really theoretically the losses they incur should not be anything huge so i'm really hoping for a positive q2 i mean just not as not only as like a Nokia Lumia user. Oh and God, like he's becoming a Nokia about, fanboy. <laughs> I, whatever the <laughs> fanboy term is so you know tired. I mean, I don't even know how to go on with that. I mean, it's just like Apple fanboy or all the other fanboys that exist in the right. world. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just as someone, you just sound so desperate on this side. I just really hope they're gonna have a good quarter. Well, I <laughs> do. I mean, I I, I really need. I, I'm I'm desperate not on behalf of Nokia, but on behalf of people who are looking for a change, change like choice, in the looking market. for something different. Right. So hmm. I really like that article about Instagram, by the way, or just the mention of it. It brought to my mind like I think they got really lucky with that one billion dollars. It would have been two billion, apparently. Did you see? Yeah, that? I saw that. But I, I mean, either way, like. I take the money and run. Oh yeah, definitely. There's only 13 people on that staff. Right. Right. Enjoy your yachts. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Like, imagine how 13 people are going to split a billion dollars, and they still get employed by Facebook. Right. Right. So, I mean, they're sitting on a. Go- I mean, literally, that it's better than hitting the lottery. I but think. could Instagram have been successful? See, I think it could have been okay, but I don't think it would have ever been worth that or anywhere close to that. The problem with this article that I was pointing out in this link was. They were boring ways of generating money. Right. It's the like same story that I've in-app heard. Purchases or subscriptions. Which they like, have. I think they had in-app purchases for other filters, or was that a path thing? Never used hipstagram. And I think it was a path thing. And then there were subscriptions, boring. Advertising, even more boring. Brand, Brand partnerships, partnerships, boring. <laughs> Data mining, interesting because that's the way things are going. Right, and but we talked about boring this the way you talk about it. So then I was thinking about five hundred pixels. Have you seen that? I have website. No. You haven't seen five hundred pixels before? No. It's like it's where people basically put up pictures and create portfolios and then you can buy the photographs. Oh. So people put up the pictures that they take and buy them. And then I was thinking, clever. Would they people could've... buy mobile photos? I mean, if they were good enough, why not? Exactly. People spend a lot of time taking those pictures and then spend even more time like almost a disgusting amount of time <laughs> picking the filter that they want to apply to a filter. Right. 
It's such a filter they want to apply to the yeah (laughs) or whatever. Right? No. Yeah. So could people find art in this? Is there is this artistic? There's some art in it. So I mean, it goes back to like what is art and whatnot. We could get really philosophical on this, but if art is a form of self-expression and putting a filter is a way of expressing, then you have a pretty solid argument to say that Instagram creates art, especially when people take the time to actually apply the filters and whatnot. Right. I think if they made an Instagram desktop application, you'd seem way more creative. Way more yeah. creativity because people then would be pumping in raw images, really doing some fantastic stuff. Oh, absolutely. There. And uh, it, that actually, hey guys, here's a business idea for you. Just saying, I think if Facebook, in case you had, Instagram folks need a couple more billion, yeah. <laughs> I think if Facebook wants to do something really great with photos, I think mobile obviously they need it. Right, and it's the but way if they want to take it in a different direction, definitely like a Facebook authoring suite where you can like add filters and then put them up for publication and then have the ability to buy albums of your photographs you know buy like a printed album like uh, akin to what iPhoto is doing right right that would be huge that's just yet another source of revenue that would be pretty useful and so many people use instagram it'd be so easy to get people on board with that so Interesting to hear about Sony. I thought this was a pretty cool article, mm-hmm. uh, which I totally yeah, scrolled past. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there we go. Uh, fantastic article because it points out exactly this, the not only the story of Sony and how they failed, but how a lot of other companies had failed in Apple's wake, which is basically either you keep up or you die. Right. You ride on your laurels, so to speak, and you're, uh, you're stuck. Right, exactly. You kind of just... You think that, okay, the Walkman's going to be great. It's going to go for like yeah. 10 years. And then they're like, oh, yeah, this digital music thing? Don't worry about it. No and we talk about how Apple does that all the time. Like Apple will say, okay, this is really good. And then they'll turn their back on it a few years later. But Which they haven't done in quite a while. Right. Just I mean, saying. yeah. We're, <laughs> it's been about. Turns complaint on iOS. Yeah, it's we're been five about years strong now. Two, about. Yeah, 2007. And it's been about five years now. And we haven't seen anything different. Right. Well, I mean, we saw OSX from like 2001 to. It was exactly. dominant until about 2007. And really, we're just going to see the same old stuff when we look at Mountain Lion. A lot of iOSificationing, if right. you will. And I mean, even like I was discussing this right before we started our podcast with someone. If you look at OS 10, like it still looks like OS 10 from 10.0 and 2001. Yeah, there are really, it's a lot prettier. It's got a few more bells and whistles, but it's still the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, yeah. Good old Nest thermostat. This uh, this has been quite an interesting. I actually spoke to one of the uh, people on the Google Venture staff about Nest and how they were excited about how this was going, and they own like four of them. They oh, say yeah, it's the yeah. greatest we talked, thing. We ever. talked about this. We've yeah. talked about it before. Well, it looks like even though Honeywell had claimed that you know Nest was infringing on okay. several of the patents that Honeywell had never acted upon, Nest basically said, "You know what." Screw you. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, we're going to do it anyway. Even though Honeywell is a big bad bully, we don't really care because what we did it. And this just goes back to the fact that ideas are cheap. Right, right. If you can have an idea and you patent it, that doesn't mean anything. And now let's talk about patents. (laughs) So once again, we've kind of hit this uh, patent wall. A lot of talk about how people are going to settle on patents and what's going to happen if somebody infringes on someone else's tariff or whatever. And Twitter comes in and says, Hey, you know what? We're not going to bother anymore. Right. 
But, of course, there's been a lot of... I really think my one line sums it all up. Could the patent wars be ending soon? I doubt. Not really. (laughs) I mean, as long as software patents exist, there's always going to be a problem. There's always going to be an issue. But I think Twitter's uh, announcement with their innovative innovators patent agreement is a step in the right direction. I don't think it's necessarily the best idea. It's not the the way that we should be doing everything, but it's definitely a good step, which is basically saying, hey, we know that our employees are smart and we want to protect them, but we won't use their IP against other people. We will only act in self-defense. So if somebody tries to use our patent, okay, fine. But if somebody's going to try and sue us because of something we did and then, then we have a patent for it, we will right. bury you, basically. So which which I think is a really to, good attitude to have. Yeah, and it brings to question the whole pull to refresh thing. So what happens now? If Twitter has the pull to refresh sort of patent right. bought, bought from Tweety, then are they going to are we going to see pull to refresh in other apps now? Uh, I mean, from what we're hearing here, certainly other people could use it as long as they don't go and try to sue Twitter. It is by far one of the best interactions that I've seen in mobile applications. Yeah, I I like it a lot. It's so natural. In fact, it's silly because on the Windows phone, none of that idea exists. So when I have to refresh something, I literally click this antiquated sync looking button. And it looks like it looks like a sync button. It looks like two yeah, arrows you just got this snazzy pull to refresh, and right. And I like the Facebook does that too. And Facebook has, you know, licensed that patent, so they're right. allowed to do that. Right. See, here it is on the bottom. So I find myself pulling to try to get new content, and that's not there. I have to click the sync button, and that just is. It's like the active sync button from like. Exactly. <laughs> well, and that's just a hearken to like Microsoft's Ghost of Christmas Past kind of thing. It's just not yes. the best way in the world. Let's talk about. Oh, this is pretty cool. So Apple might be making a partnership with the Val- gaming company right. Valve, which, for those of you who don't know, have created some of the best games out there. We're talking the Orange Box in all its glory, including Portal. I'm not a gamer at all, but yeah, but I, even I know about Portal and all of its glory. And then uh, Counter-Strike and a lot of other big successful games. And if there was a partnership between the two, which there seems to be a lot of hand-in-hand development, especially when the uh, Mac Valve Store finally right. came out, um, it'll be interesting to see whether Apple continues to want them to develop their line, especially since they have their own app store. And, you know, there's this sort of sandboxing thing that's going to I do start wonder occurring. what's going to happen there, because I, I remember reading something about that recently. Because yeah, I, so I don't game at all, but there there's is... There's two questions. There's the desktop sort of Mac App Store kind of issue. And then there's the mobile thing, too, which Valve hasn't really penetrated the mobile space at all. Right. And they have an opportunity to do so, especially with the largest gaming platform to date. I mean, bigger than Nintendo in some right. ways. So it'll be interesting to see both the Mac OS X adaption and then the iPod, iPod Touch in particular, adaption. Which, by the way, I am debating it, but I may end up purchasing an iPod Touch to go with this. I haven't decided yet. Oh, I think the uh, the interface is so boring. No, it's not about the interface. It's, it's and if you say about apps. the apps, I'll sl- <laughs> I knew it. It's the apps. <laughs> Can we go back? I'm, if I've got some free time, I'm going to listen to all of our podcasts, and I'm going to quote every single time. 
People just don't need this many apps. People just don't need apps. But when they're at, when the apps are implemented right, then they're nice. Right. Like the fact is, is that I and the thing that I'm really hurting about is that I've probably split spent like three hundred dollars in applications. And, yeah, when you were and talking about that, is the killer. Right. That's like the big sink that I'm. By the feeling. way, is Flipboard available for the Windows Phone? I know you like Flipboard nope. a lot. Ah, nope. In fact, I have this really pathetic RSS reader on here, and I don't even look at it anymore. It's sad. Sigh. So, and I don't want to buy an iPad. So basically, I won't get to experience that anymore. Buy yourself like a first generation iPad. Well, or I buy an iPod Touch. I mean, I think that we'll have to see. Maybe the next iPod Touch in September or whatever will be something worth jumping on. But a lot of the older iPod Touches are going for like $100 or something. Yeah, I guess at that point, why not? Why not? Especially if it's still, if it has the Retina display on it. It's only a third of the cost of your apps. That's all I care about. Well, (laughs) and I already have them all, so it's no big deal. Right, I'm messing with you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. What else? Oh, this is great. By the way, yeah, we were t- we were talking about this. Might as well jump back onto it really quick. As it turns out, Mark Zuckerberg, the meeting with the board when they were acquiring Instagram was basically, yeah, just do it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yes. Uh, and then <laughs> they basically met in a room for a few hours. And initially it was a $2 billion evaluation. And Mark Zuckerberg was like, nah, I don't know I about that. Yeah. How about a billion? Okay. <laughs> then they just shook on it. How cool would that be? You created an OS app oh, and man. basically Mark Zuckerberg comes in and is like, yeah, we'll buy you. How much do you want? A billion dollars? You want fries with that? <laughs> that was pretty much this the is, This is how the mega rich do business. Pretty incredible, really. Oh. Yeah. Okay, you want to talk about this? I mean, there's nothing that important to see. I was just so enraged after I read this article that I was like, I'm going to post this. So Apple recently, there was a... There was an article that a, a blogger from Seattle had, I guess he had an issue with the GPU that everyone had failed, the 8800, way back in the day, in 2008. And Apple had agreed to put a f- an extra three years on it, so you're at a four-year warranty. Well, this person had bought a 17-inch, and he had done the custom to order one. Okay. So his, his computer cost was, I think he said, like, sold me a $4,000 computer. And he was at three years and three months... And the computer wouldn't turn on at all. He went to Apple and they said, well, you have a custom-built machine, so the 8800 is not covered in the custom-built machine warranty. Interestingly enough, I guess the custom-built machine, all that happened with those processors is that they overclocked them. It's the same hardware. It's everything. So he paid an extra 500 bucks or $300 to have his processor overclocked. He writes to Apple, calls senior management. They say no. They say no. He writes to them again with a like certified letter saying, if you don't give me one, I'm going to sue you in small claims court. You'd think at this point, they would all he was asking for was the $600 be waived to have his logic board replaced. So you'd think they'd be like, okay, fine. No, they bring two lawyers from Cupertino to small claims court in Seattle. No way. It's for real. And then he, uh, he tells the judge his side of the story, how the pro- all the specs are the same. All it was was the processor was different. The judge asked the lawyers if this is the case. They say yes. The judge has this look, that I guess, of like dumbfounded shock. And then says, well, how much would it cost Apple to replace this? The lawyers then say, well, it's free because NVIDIA is the one who's covering the costs. What? <laughs> After all that? Yes. That Apparently, it's always been that way. But Apple just was had, had a hard stance that they were not going to repair this guy's computer. The judge apparently awarded more than the cost, the $600. He awarded him the cost of the computer, plus a little bit more that they're not disclosing. Really? But I was like, unbelievable that Apple would waste this much money 
on something that was free. Well, so did this guy. So I wonder, like, yeah, how I mean, much did this he, guy spend? He said he spent $37, meaning the, like, legal processing fees and everything really? else. Yeah. That's not too bad. No. But they probably spent a, several thousand dollars, because I'm sure legal counsel had to meet. They had to pay for the plane tickets to get them to Seattle. They, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, hmm. I always feel so warm and fluffy about this company. And then to read this, I was like, Yeah, I mean, wow. typically you hear the stories about how Apple just sends an iPad to people. Right, like I drop my iPad in, in a river and, oh, yeah, oh, these things happen. No like, problem. We'll yeah. give you another one. And ah. then for this guy, like, I guess a bunch of people, like, this article was just posted. And I guess a bunch of people are like, have already like, yeah, the same thing happened to me. So this guy's thinking about using some of his earnings to start a class action lawsuit for the rest of the people. Really? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's noble of you. I guess. Did this get picked up by any of the other? Yeah, I, I actually read it on, uh, I believe it was Mac Rumors. Because, like, page. that's great because, you know, I'm tired of hearing the same old fluffiness of. That's exactly. Like, so. Let me see. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, there it oh, is. Oh, there you go. Hmm. Yeah. What do you know? It's not Justice always. has <laughs> been served. Uh, so, one other thing I want to say. Yeah, I'm working on it. My final rendition. Of my little oh, story. Oh, right, right, right. Part three. Yeah, and basically in conclusion, I think that the phone is great. It's doing a good job for me. It's exactly what I was looking for. It is a different experience, and I get by. But it's lackluster, and there's a, a few different ways that make me just kind of sad, but not enough to go back. Right. Because I, I'm tired of what I had, like in terms of the way I looked at it and interacted with the phone on a day-to-day basis. But sure. the, but it as it turns out, we don't really interact with our smartphones anymore. We interact with the software the, within them right. or the the features within those, you know, apps. Certainly. So if you look at the iPhone as just a window of experience, then this window has really nothing to look at. It's kind of like when you stay at a hotel room <laughs> and, you're, and looking at, you're looking at a brick wall. Right. Whereas when you're an Apple, you're looking at like, you know, an ocean beautiful with like babes and stuff like that. Okay, you can go with the stupid <laughs> the garden. Wall, I just like the, the walled garden. Yeah. Well, so there's some, but there are some experiences that are pleasantly surprising and then they're really cool, but most of them are, like they need a lot of work. Right. And that partially falls on, when uh, you know, Microsoft to pick up the slack, but then... Most of it's just on third-party developers not really seeing the point when there's already another platform that's dominating. Sure. And this is the real tragedy right here. Oh, yeah. Is the fact that because there's dominance in the space, it's really hard to penetrate that area. So I think if they're going to do it, though, now is obviously the time. Like that, It's going to be harder and harder to penetrate. Exactly. Yeah. I think that it'll it'll be slowly but surely the case that Apple will once again ditch this platform, but I think it's going to take a longer time with this platform because they're really making a long bet with this one. Same with Google, for example. They're making a long bet on the strategy and the strategy going forward. And, you know, and, you know, I hate to say it, but like if there was an innovator sitting in Apple's room, I wonder what the story would have been instead. Sure. Because right now they've got a long term strategy that they're going to follow. And then you just wonder what's going to happen. After when's that? the tipping point? <laughs> right. So, yeah. But well, anyway, I mean, briefly, I guess I mean, we wrapped up the show a little early. I uh, don't often watch TV, but I'm moving to, to Denver, Colorado. So 
I was I decided, oh, I'm going to probably need a like bigger television, something I can actually watch occasionally. So I bought a television yesterday. Oh. Yeah, it was very exciting. What My first one? smart TV. Which one, one of those Samsung uh it doesn't have 3D, but it's one of the LEDs that has a like the smart web platform. And oh. I think I might end up ditching my Apple TV. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's got Hulu Plus, it's got Netflix, it's got it has everything but AirPlay. So mm-hmm. I might keep it for the AirPlay, but I haven't really decided yet. I feel like Apple TV is really an accessory for an iPad owner. Right. It's not really an accessory for a TV owner. It's an accessory for, for an, an iOS iPad. ecosystem owner. So, I mean, I already paid the money a couple of years ago. I'll probably keep it just because of that. Well, but, and it seems like you're, they, they're constantly pushing software updates to right. it. So. so I remain hopeful that something cool other than being able to AirPlay will be on it at some point. Yeah. So maybe I'll write a little review about Smart TV. It's been out for a long time. Well, I'd like to hear just like the difference in, you know, there, your take on the right. different experiences. Because, I mean, there's certainly cl- there's a bit of clunkiness to it that I thought, eh, this might be worth saying something. But I, I just got it. It was a pretty good deal, actually. It was last year's model. that's normally $1,400. It was on sale for $650. And then I was like, oh, I'll buy this. So I went to Target to pick one up. And all they had left was the display model. And the cable was broken or something oh, like that. Like, darn. like they actually put the coaxial in. But right. I was like, I don't watch cable. And if I do, I have an HDMI port. So it was $400. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, hey. How do you always stumble upon this sort I, of thing? I don't, you just act fast. <laughs> so I bought it and yeah, I'll try to check something out. up. Yeah. Sweet. All right. right. Weekly download number 36 in the books. Yeah. And see you next we'll week. see you next week.